It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Do Under Magic have their style? They have their way, and it is ugly. But it's so beautiful nonetheless. How the Orlando Magic took down the Cleveland Cavaliers and built their identity in the process. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic today is December 12th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic win ugly. And it is so beautiful. We'll talk about all the ways the Magic continue to define their identity and their way to win plus how Paolo Bancaro continues to look the part and grow into the part of being a star. We'll get to his game coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We know who this Orlando Magic team is, or at least we think we know who they are. They are a tough-nosed defensive team. They are physical. They force turnovers. They like to muck games up. We're you know we're sixteen wins into the season now, sixteen and seven. I think I I, I, I lose I lose track, but. This Magic team, 16-6 maybe? I don't, I don't remember anymore. Um, we're beginning to understand who this Magic team is and how this team not necessarily defines success for itself, but what makes for success with this Magic team. Uh, we're beginning to understand and come to understand what makes this Magic team tick? And, and more importantly, what is their way to win? We've talked about it a million times. What is this team's formula? And we'll go over the box score here in a minute. But you go through some of these box score stats. When you go through some of these things that this team does, it doesn't make sense. The Magic shot less than 30% from three. The Magic shot worse than 50%, 46.4%. They were under 30% for a good chunk of the first half. There are a lot of things this Magic team does that should not lead to wins. If there are doubters and skeptics out there in the universe, it is because of these things. How could a team that doesn't even freaking take three-pointers, let alone makes them, be among the best teams in this league in the way that we come to understand the NBA? This Magic team defies 
all conventional logic, defies really all reason. They don't make sense. Play, you know, honestly, they don't make sense. This team should not work. And yet it does. And yet this group continues to pile up wins, continues to pile up impressive wins, beat some elite teams. Yeah, they, they entered the game 500 against teams with records better than 500, but they continue to rack up wins that young teams do. They, they do things that young teams aren't supposed to do. We're going to talk more specifically about Paolo Bancaro and his growth as a star uh, that we saw in this game. But this Magic team just keeps putting pressure on teams and keeps building itself into a, a team that is a lot better than I think a lot of people expected or could have even imagined they would be. What makes this team tick? What makes this team work? Jalen Suggs said it best after the game. We love to defend. Let me let me let me let me get that exact quote for you because it, it is it is worth saying in full that that this is a, that this is a team that is just built a little different. Jalen Suggs said, "Quote: We have fun playing defense. I think times I think sometimes we lose sight of that and it's human nature and part of being in this league. We enjoy getting turned up. He said turned. I'm sorry, and getting energized on defensive plays. Everyone does it and everyone is buying into it." We all have that collective mindset. It's tough to score. We have a lot of versatility and a lot of passion and a lot of will. Young teams are not supposed to think this way. Young teams, their defense is supposed to be built on their offense. Their ability to make shots energizes their defense. It isn't supposed to be the other way around. And, and, and a lot of the elite teams, they find ways to stay in the game defensively. They find ways when their shot is struggled to be excellent on defense. They have the maturity to do that. And look, the Magic have had their moments of immaturity in, in this season. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they've been perfect at this. But there is something to it. The Magic are that team where their defense gives them the energy, where their defense is the constant, where they know if they defend at a high level, it doesn't matter how poorly they shoot, they're going to give themselves a chance to win. And we lost the plot a little bit over the last week. But since that Detroit game, it sure feels like we have it back, really since the second quarter of the Cleveland game on. Uh, it feels like the Magic have it back. Because guess what? A lot of the same elements that cost them that game last week in Cleveland were present in Monday's game against the, against the Cavaliers. The Magic got off to a slow start offensively. They gave up 29 points. They, the Cleveland shot five, made five three-pointers in the first quarter. It felt like it was a game that could maybe get away from them. And getting off to better starts was going to be a big key for this team. They didn't have that. They didn't do it. They didn't accomplish that goal. But it ultimately didn't matter. Because while the Magic were struggling to shoot in the paint, while the Magic were struggling to kind of get the shots that they usually go, they were getting, they weren't making no shots, but they were getting no shots. And all the Magic had to do was stick with things defensively, and eventually that tide would turn. Eventually the Magic would get there. They, in other words, had to make this game really, really ugly. They had to frustrate and disrupt the rhythm of this Cleveland Cavaliers team. And that is precisely what they did. That is precisely 
how the Magic broke down and beat up the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because from that moment on, from the second quarter through the end of the game, Orlando was the more aggressive team. They were the more physical team. They were the better team. And obviously the score shows that they won 104-94. You can see that score right there uh, on, on my little side panel there. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if, if you're not watching on YouTube, they won 104-94. Welcome to the party. Um, Orlando dominated the rest of the game. They gave up only four three-pointers. Uh, they went four for, I think, 22 or 29 the rest of the game on three-pointers. They scored 26 points off 13 Cleveland turnovers. It didn't matter how poorly they shot. Their defense was going to feed the offense enough. And eventually the Magic were going to break through and find that confidence. This team gets its energy from its defense. And so if it sounded like I was ringing alarm bells back at the end of the win streak when the defense wasn't playing up to the level, like I give a lot of credit to the Magic for finding ways to win however the game asks them to win. But if you had to ask me, this is the kind of game the Magic are really good at. This is the kind of game the Magic want to play. They want to frustrate and make you work hard for everything. If you find yourself in the paint, you have three bodies looking at you with arms that go for miles. That is Magic basketball. That's who this team is. That's their formula to win. And it's ugly. It ain't pretty. It ain't aesthetically pleasing. It ain't the Indiana Pacers running up and down and jacking up threes. It ain't any of that. But this is Magic Basketball. This is the formula that the Magic have to win. And as Chuck Daly always said, there is no such thing as an ugly win. You win however you have to win. And the Magic find their joy and they find excitement. They find those plays through their defense by getting out in transition. Orlando had only six fast break points, felt like a whole lot more. They find it by getting back on defense and making plays, like the play they made at the end of the game when Paolo Bancaro had a turnover he got back, caused Donovan Mitchell to pause on the layup. By the time he took it, Gary Harris recovered, blocked the shot out of bounds. Definition of the game. And yeah, look, J.B. Bickerstaff said it after the game uh, for the Cavs, Cleveland missed a lot of open shots, just like Orlando missed a lot of open shots in Cleveland. We're going to see these guys two more times, and I can guarantee you those two games are going to be war just like this one, just like if the Magic end up seeing Cleveland in the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, that's really what this is about. That's really what's here. Orlando is not merely just playing this ugly, defensive-minded style of basketball. Orlando is playing a playoff style of basketball. Orlando is playing a style that they can carry on over and build on in April and May. And yeah, they're going to have to find a way to score and all that. And teams are going to you know, pick, try and figure out how to pick apart their defense. But these are the kind of games that you have to win in April. The Magic are already getting really good at it, folks. They're already getting really good at playing the style. They almost prefer these styles of games. Where it's just going to be, as Jamal Mosley, as Paulo Bancaro, so Jamal Mosley said during one of the timeouts, it's going to be one of them games. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to find it. You're going to have to survive and keep yourself in it until you find that groove. That's what the Magic did. And eventually their defense just enveloped Cleveland. The Cavs scored only 15 points in the third quarter, shot two for 17 from the floor. Two for 17 and a quarter. That's some crazy good defense, even if there's a little bit of luck involved in that. 
The Magic may not be able to do this every night, but they've done this enough times to tell us this is who they are. This is a Magic basketball game. The 130 against Washington and Charlotte, that ain't Magic basketball. 104 against Cleveland, that's Magic basketball. That's the way this team wants to play. And I suspect we're going to see a lot more games exactly like this one. Paolo Bancaro had a game that looked like a star figuring things out. We'll talk about how Paolo struggled but found his way coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at game time. The holiday season is here, and the best gift you can possibly give is tickets to that big sporting event, that concert, that comedy show, that play, that whatever, that your your loved one or, or whoever you're giving a gift to, it could be anyone really, it, it, that wants to go see. But... Buying tickets can be extremely frustrating. There's all these fees on top of on top of the ticket price. The price that's listed often isn't the price that you want, and you don't really even know what you're buying or what that seat looks like, especially if you're on the road in a, in a foreign arena, an arena that you don't know. Well, you shouldn't have to worry about when buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is truly the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They bring... The best of all the ticketing world. The upfront pricing tells you exactly how much you're going to pay for tickets. You can literally look and see the view from your seat on the app. Plus, if you have any problems, they really fix anything. I I, I went to a Rays game over the summer. Had a small problem getting my tickets on the MLB app. They literally texted them to me. Customer service could not have been better. I, I cannot recommend game time. It's where I go to get my tickets. They're really obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets too. They got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, plus flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for pretty much everything to help you find the best price. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase with GameTime. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national sports shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. Okay, I want to talk about Paolo Bancaro because, uh, you know, his game is just so much fun to watch. And uh, Franz Wagner, too. I don't want to leave Franz too far out of this, but we're going to talk more specifically about Paolo here. Um, their growth and their development 
continues to be out astounding. Um, and again, it's been a while since we had a homegrown star quite like this. So if, if we're, you know, it feels like we're new to this, we're new to this. Um, but I, I love watching Ben Caro figure out defenses in real time. It, it truly is a fascinating thing to watch because he is watching, he is seeing, he's, he's absorbing so much pressure and so many different kinds of defenses and is often working to figure it all out in real time. And honestly, the fact that he does figure it out, the fact that he is able to process it all and find the gap or find a way to, to, to beat it within the same game is incredible. Um, I don't think we should take this for granted. I think we should also recognize he is still going to get a whole lot better at all of this. Uh, and I think we are truly watching an all-star develop here. Look, Bancaro's game on Monday, not the best game in the world. I'm not going to sit here and say it was his greatest game. 20 points, 9 for 21 shooting, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. Only three free throw attempts, he was 2 for 3. Had 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 turnovers. 8 turnovers. Cleveland saw him score 42 against them last week and took on that challenge without Evan Mobley to try and confuse and, and harass and get the ball out of his hands. And guess what? It kind of worked. Cleveland was throwing a lot of defenses at him. They, they completely changed their defensive scheme on him from the first game. They were blitzing him on every screen. They were trying very hard to make sure there was still size on him. If, if Max Drew started the game on him, um, but from there, they blitzed every screen. If he was running a pick and roll with Goga Batadze, Jared Allen was getting up in his grill, forcing him back away from the three-point line. Um, if it wasn't Jared Allen, it was whoever was on that screen, and they were going to shoot into that passing lane. They were going to set someone up at the nail, set someone up at the basket. Paolo would have to make difficult passes. And look, he struggled with those reads. He made a lot of mistakes in this game. But even in the first quarter, he was getting to the basket. He wasn't getting foul calls, and you could see his frustration on that. But he was getting to the basket and, and just missing. He was expending a lot of energy trying to get past this physical, you know, in-his-face defense. Even in the second quarter, um, Cleveland started putting Tristan Thompson on him. They kind of realized Goga Batadze isn't really much of a threat offensively. And so they threw their center on him. They took Tristan Thompson, put him on Bancaro, and just made his life miserable. Miserable. Can't describe how miserable that it was for him. And that's the truth of it. Um, they, they were trying to make sure Bancaro did not live in the paint. They wanted him taking jumpers. They wanted the ball out of his hands. Every time Bancaro touched the ball in the paint, that was a loss for the Cavaliers. And the more size they put on, the more size they threw at him, the more length they were able to throw at him, the more difficult it would be for Bancaro to get in the lane. That's that's the whole Orlando defensive philosophy. And, you know, undoubtedly, Bancaro struggled with it. He start, I think it was four for 12 to start the game. Um, he really struggled with it. Couldn't find his shots, was missing the shots that he did get. Um, you know, was trying too hard to beat that set defense. It was a struggle. But Bancaro evolved as the game went on. And this was the incredible thing to watch. 
as the game evolved, as they got deeper into the game, Bancaro made that pass just a little bit quicker. Um, Bancaro was able to get the ball to someone that could swing the ball to the open space and force Cleveland to rotate. He was able to get out in transition and score some easy baskets in the paint. He figured out how to beat this defense, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to get into the paint against Tristan Thompson, so he was going to suck him away from the basket and find the guy filling that empty space, that hole in the paint, or create a mismatch for Franz Wagner to drive to the basket without a shot blocker, without that big body in the paint crowding him. Paolo Bancaro can at times be the best decoy in the league because he just creates so much for his teammates. And ultimately, like, the turning point in this game, when the, why the Magic won that third quarter 30-15, to 15, was Jared Allen was in foul trouble. Jared Allen had five fouls in the middle of the third quarter. He fouled out with nine and a half minutes left in the game. Tristan Thompson played 28-49. That's way more minutes than he's able to play. And so Cleveland had to turn to a small lineup with no center. And that's when you could see Paolo's eyes get big. That's when you could see him attack the basket. That's when you could see him licking his lips and getting into a rhythm. And so by the end of the third quarter, well, not by the end of the third quarter, because he rolled his ankle pretty seriously at the end of the third quarter, did not come back until the middle of the fourth quarter. You know, he said after the game that, you know, it, it was a bad turn. Um, you know, he, he felt pain in the moment, but once he was able to get to the back, he could put weight on it, was starting to feel better, um, you know, got it retaped, got back out there and made a humongous shot. He had the shot where I think he had Struess on him. It's either Struess or Niang, was able to dig his shoulder and him, get some separation, hit a fadeaway along the baseline. Just an excellent shot, a star shot that made it, I think, an eight-point game or a nine-point game and really put the game far enough out of reach. Cleveland played really well in the fourth quarter to try and cut into the, into the deficit, um, but never truly threatened the Magic's lead at that point after the Magic built uh, built a 15-18 point lead in the third quarter. Um, Bancaro had a big part to do with that. Just from all the attention he absorbs. And I, and I know I've made this point a million times. Uh, I'll be doing a video on Paolo Bancaro and how he broke, beat this defense a little bit more on my Patreon page um, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, you can expect that. Probably Wednesday. Um, this is what Bancaro does. This is what makes him so good. This is why he is such a dangerous player and why he's going to be a star. He figured out a complicated and pressure defense within the course of a game and figured out how to beat it by the end of the game. And yeah, it's going to see more of that stuff. That's not going to go away. It's impressive to watch him grow and develop the way he has. And while the stats don't show it, this game and the way he approached this game was just as impressive as the 42-point game he had last week in Cleveland. As Jamal Mosley has said repeatedly, Paolo Bancaro is a winner. He is going to do what his team needs him to do to win. Last Wednesday was to score 42, and his 42 points gave the Magic a real chance to win that game. They didn't get over the hump. They didn't win, obviously, but gave them the chance to win that game. And this game, they needed him to be a little bit more of a distributor and, and a decoy and just soak up that attention to create space and gaps for the Magic to attack. He did that. 
And ultimately, the Magic won. They won his minutes, obviously, but they won because of that. We'll go through the rest of the box score, talk a little bit more about the Magic's win over the Cavs. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at FanDuel. Oh, man. Dolphins fans. Dolphins fans. Dolphins fans. Oh, we were watching that game in the media room afterward. We saw it happen. We saw the Titans score that touchdown. We're like, oh, 13 and a half point spread. That score could be important to some, only to watch the Titans come down and score the game-winning touchdown, complete a 14-point comeback in the final three minutes. Just very, very Dolphins. And so I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. But the good news is you have a chance to make up for it the rest of the week over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Don't forget, the Magic are one of the best teams against the spread in the entire NBA. I think there's only like one team that's better than them against the spread this year. So the Magic are usually a good bet for you. They got two games against Boston. I'm sure those spreads are going to be very Celtics friendly, not realizing how much the Magic are sitting in Boston's head, making them think terrible thoughts and giving them nightmares. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and keep this NFL season and NBA season going strong. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, let's chat the rest of the box score. Like I said, Paolo Bancaro, solid game. 20 points, 9 for 21 shooting, 0 for 3 from 3, 2 for 3 from the line, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 turnovers. A lot of mistakes in there. And look, I, I think it's really important to remember with Paolo that he is a star in the making. We can clearly see that. We can clearly see him with the attention he's getting. We're all excited for him to get a bigger stage, uh, especially in the playoffs in April, which we're all geared up for and we're all starting to eye, and we should be. This is a playoff team we're watching here. Um, but he is still a 21 year old prone to making mistakes, still getting thrown a lot of exotic defenses. He's, he's, he's still figuring stuff out on the fly. So I think that's really, really important to start with. Franz Wagner is very much the same way. 19 points for Franz, seven for 18 shooting, missed all five of his three pointers, five for seven from the foul line, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, Franz did, Franz also had some struggles with the interior of, of Cleveland. But he did a really, really good job for the most part 
getting downhill, getting to the basket, finishing with poise, finishing over the defense with poise, working around the defense, just using his pivot foot really, really well. Um, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland loaded up on him. He was able to get them off balance with pump fakes and, and get to the foul line. Franz was very aggressive and, and certainly took plenty of his shots, but he was really solid throughout the course of the game. Just uh, again, just another, just really, really solid Franz Wagner game. Took care of his business, played his game. Um, you can't be super upset with what we saw from Franz Wagner. Just it, it all just clicked and worked for him. So, uh, you know, again, not the most efficient night. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a good scoring night for Orlando. They only had 104 themselves. They shot 46.4% from four against seven for 26 from three, 26.9%. This came down to, can you will yourself to victory? And again, that's part of who this magic team is. You know, we talk about magic loving to play ugly. They find ways to will themselves to victory. They will will themselves into games. You know, they don't get blown out very often. Brooklyn's like the only team that's been able to figure it out. You know, the Clippers did a little bit. Dallas did a little bit, but this magic and both those all those games were close entering the third quarter. The only game that they've really been blown out start to finish was that first Brooklyn game. Cleveland that the Cleveland game last week certainly down early, but they they fought their way back into it, made it interesting in the in the second half. This magic team just has a very serious will to win. They're determined to not to, to make a name for themselves this season. And, and I think Franz really exemplified that in this game with his ability to finish around the basket, to find gaps to score in and, and his ability to stick with it and then stay with it. Again, you just trust, you trust him implicitly at this point. Jalen Suggs returned to the lineup and made a huge impact. 12 points, four for six shooting, two for four from deep, four rebounds for him. Again, just maybe a step slow defensively, which is still a really good defender. Don Mitchell got him a few times early in the game, but after that, he was in Donovan Mitchell's grill, just made his life really difficult. Um, made him take tough shots, challenged everything that he could at the rim, hit threes when he did when he needed to, you know, played with that hustle that we know he has. Like that dude is one gear. You would never have known that he missed the last three, four games because he was just bouncing all over the place, playing at such an incredible level and and just making plays for the team. Just just, you know, again, hit that's the heart of the team. You know, this te- team's defense is always going to be better because Jalen Suggs is out there. Also returning for Orlando was Jonathan Isaac, eight point, uh, seven points on three for six shooting, made a three uh, on three attempts, four rebounds. Um, more than anything else, Jonathan Isaac's rebounding presence was really big. Um, he is, you know, we don't talk enough about his rebounding. I don't think his rebounding was really solid. Um, just gobbled up rebounds, got him in traffic, uh, and a game where the Magic gave up 17 offensive rebounds, uh, 17 second chance points. So again, Orlando defended that part well, but they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Isaac was not giving up those offensive rebounds. He did a really good job securing the glass and, and keeping the Magic uh, in in it there. Um, Goga Batadze, 15 points, six for eight shooting, seven rebounds, four blocks again for him. Had a sequence where he had like two or three blocks like right in a row. Just again, really solid interior defense from Goga, whether it's, defending pick and rolls, uh, protecting the lane, staying attached to Jared Allen, just really solid work from him. Just got after it. Uh, you know, you know, we expect this from Goga now. He's just going to play with so much energy. He may not give you a lot offensively, and he didn't. He gave the Magic a lot offensively in this game. Um, but, you know, he doesn't need plays called for him, obviously. He just plays very, very well. And so a, a lot to like from Goga Batadze. 
Joe Ingles off the bench scored 12 points, two for five shooting, six for six from the foul line. Did leave the game in the third quarter after rolling his ankle. He got undercut by, by Max Struess going for loose ball. Kind of got, got his leg hit, his, his ankle rolled on. He came back in the fourth quarter, no worse for the wear. Magic lucky they don't play again until Friday um, with all the injuries between Paolo, between uh, Ingles, between um, between uh, Suggs and Isaac, and obviously Wendell and Markell, who are inching a little bit closer back to returning Wendell's now uh, playing, uh, doing physical work with coaches. You know, we got a couple practices this week. I think there's some, I'm hearing some optimism and some rumblings within the mat, within the, within the Amway center, at least that the, that their, their returns could be, you know, more imminent than we think. I'm still thinking next week for both, but maybe a chance that they play Friday. I don't think we can officially rule out Friday, but we'll see over the next couple of days uh, in practice, magical practice, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, they're off on Tuesday. Um, just running through the rest of the box score, Cole Anthony had eight points, a very quiet uh, 1740 for him, as was Mo Wagner. Um, you know, again, they played well, just not long enough. The Magic went to other places to get their energy. And look, they, they both did their jobs, but Magic got their energy elsewhere to, to hold on to this one and, and get the win. So a lighter night for the Magic's two key bench players. Like I said, Orlando did not shoot the ball well in this game. 46.4%, 7 for 26 from 3. But they find a way to win. Um, and they do that with their defense. Cleveland shoots just 35.3% from the floor. Darius Garland had 36 points. Donovan Mitchell had 22, but on 6 for 18 shooting, 2 for 10 from beyond the arc. Garland made his shots, made those in-between shots that the Magic really struggled with in that first game against Cleveland. But that was about it for the Cavs. Only one other player scored 10 points. That was Tristan Thompson with 10 points, 12 rebounds. Cleveland could not hit a shot to save their life, uh, just like the Magic unable to make shots in last week's game, going two for 23 from deep. Cleveland could not hit a shot to save their life. And again, that's what cost them. They had some open looks to get over the hump to make a push at the Magic's lead, but Every time they missed, they would turn the ball over. They would miss. It would be a long rebound. Orlando would get out in transition, get into their offense quickly, and be able to beat Cleveland that really didn't have room protection consistently because of Jared Allen's foul trouble. Orlando played the game. They mucked it up. They got. They were able to take advantage of some advantages that they, they built for themselves, uh, and that's why they won this game. As several people noted, a Cleveland-Orlando playoff series would be fascinating I tend to agree. I think they're two very strong defensive teams who defend in very different ways. And obviously Cleveland maybe has an advantage there as a more experienced team, plus with the offense that, that, that they're able to that, that they're able to put out there with Donovan Mitchell, the offensive potential they have with Donovan Mitchell and Garrett, Darius Garland. But it's been a struggle for Cleveland to, to create that. And they're certainly hoping their shooting improves, which it did not deliver for them in this game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 104 to 94. That is now a nine-game win streak at the Amway Center. Orlando improves to 10 in one at the Amway Center. I think that's 10 and one. Uh maybe it's not. Maybe it's 11 and one. I don't remember. I don't, I don't know records anymore. Um, but the Magic are playing very, very well at the Amway Center. They'll be back in action Friday at Boston to start a two-game set with the Celtics. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the family on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. Relay something Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Don't forget also to check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Hub. Like I said, I will be planning to break down Paolo Bancaro's game 
against the Cavaliers in the next couple of days. If you want video breakdowns of Magic games, my Patreon page is one of the things. That's one of the things I'm putting on the Patreon page. You can check that out again at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.